Welcome to season four of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the value of experimentation and getting outside of your comfort zone and how this can lead to results both both, uh, personally and professionally. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome David Wood, high-performance coach and founder of Focus.CEO. David, welcome to the show. Greg, thanks for having me here. Uh, Looking forward to talking with you. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to see what we're going to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to to get started, why don't don't you give the the listeners a little background on yourself and and what you're currently doing? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm... I think I'm a bit of an unusual coach in that I don't focus on just business or just the personal and the growth. And I think the reason is uh, when, I, when I was little, there was a tragedy in my family and my little sister died and I was there and I witnessed her being killed in a traffic accident. And we didn't know about sending kids to therapy back, back then. It wasn't something that you did. So what happened is I grew up very left-brained. I shut down my emotions. I didn't feel very much, but I came top of my school. I got a scholarship. I got paid to go to university. I became a consulting actuary, consulting to Sony Music and Ford and Exxon. And this is at the age of 24 on Park Avenue. So, you know, I guess there's a silver lining to the tragedy as I developed. I got really good at numbers, systems, and money. You show me a hundred puzzle pieces that are confusing you, I can chunk it down into something manageable. But then I discovered at the age of 27, someone sent me to a personal growth course because I wasn't happy. And it opened my eyes. They cracked my heart open. And I realized that there are people who devote their entire lives to making the world a better place. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that was a career. They didn't, yeah, they didn't yeah. kind of offer that at school. So uh, I found myself coaching someone accidentally in, the, in the, one of the programs and changed her life overnight. And so I was hooked. I'm like, I want to know what I've been missing the last 20 years. So the last 20 years have been catching up with all the things that were missing, like emotional intelligence, vulnerability, authenticity, communication, true leadership, true influence. And now at the age of 53, I marry those two fields. So I feel like I'm the bridge between the left and the right brain. And yeah, people come to me because they want to make more money in their business. But I keep telling them, if that's all you want, you should go and find someone else. Yeah. Because I'm going to be asking you, how are your relationships? How are you showing up in the world? How's your self-care? Are you living life such that on your deathbed, you will say, I gave it everything? I have zero regrets. That's a little bit about me and what I care about. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Um, And so let's, yeah, let's, let's dive in here. And, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk with you about uh, related to people making um, big changes in their lives, uh, you know, we've been 
living through the pandemic, um, as we're ideally nearing the end of, of some of that at the very least, um, there's been a lot of change, a lot of, a lot of changed behaviors, a lot of things like that. And, you know, we're, we're now in this era of many referring to the great resignation, um, which I think, you know, had been building for years, a, a lot of the, a lot of the things that, that are occurring now, but, you know, it's, it's become a time where a lot of people are deciding to make a change and they're, you know, they're more comfortable with getting outside of their comfort zone in order to do that. Um, you know, is that, um, you know, what, what are you seeing in that area right now as, you know, as, as people do seem to be just making these, these bigger changes and, you know, is this, is this concept of a comfort zone even, you know, even a real thing or is it just an illusion after all we've been through? All right. I love this. I may not answer your question directly, but some stuff's loading up in my mind. So change, sure. change and comfort zone. Change is an amazing topic. The nature of life seems to be constant change. Our bodies are disintegrating. We are dying right now. We're also living right now. We're also dying. Everything's fading. Every relationship we have will go. Every physical thing we own will go. And I don't like it. A lot of it I don't like. My dog just walked into the room. When people ask me how old she is, there's a part of my brain that's tracking, oh, I only have limited time with her. Yeah. You know, I really want like another 30 years with her, but I'm probably not going to get it. So that's the nature of life. And then the ego wants to hold on for dear life to what we have. Right. So that's right. the game that was set up. It's like, no, wait, I got to hold on to this. I got to keep this money. I got to keep this body. I got to keep this relationship. I got to keep this job. I got to keep this business. I got to keep this customer. So I think it's worth outlining the game that we're in. And it makes it a very interesting game. And hopefully for listeners, you're having a good time playing it. But where our relationship to change is critical if we are fighting it all the time and if we're staying in the comfort zone all the time then the risk is regret yeah. the risk is oh yeah i was comfortable all my life and on the deathbed you'll say oh I was so comfortable nothing disrupted me that's so wonderful i, I don't think people are going to say that right. i think right. i think it's more i wish i'd risked more I wish I'd gotten out of my comfort zone more to see what was out there. Like in the Truman show and spoiler alert, if you haven't watched the Truman show, close your ears for the next 30 seconds. He has physical walls on his reality. And finally he finds a door in it. Well, our discomfort zone is that door. That's the way into a new reality is doing something uncomfortable. Some people like to do cold showers deliberately to be uncomfortable, just so they can say, oh, this didn't kill me. This is right. fine. Some of the things that have been popping up uh, for me recently is acting. I've wanted to act for 10 years. I've been like, what's that about? Maybe I should dive into it. Well, recently I started speaking about it. Now, be careful what you say. <laughs> I said, started talking about this dream to move to L.A. And a friend said, oh, I did that once. And I'm going to go to an audition for this local play. Do you want to come? 
And part of me is like, hell no. Are you kidding? I haven't even done an acting class yet. But another part of me was, well, that's what you do. That's the universe knocking. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. I don't know what I'm doing. But I went along and did it. And they liked what they saw. I read for four roles. Uh, this is for, for Dracula. I read for four roles. And the least likely I figured to get was Dracula because I didn't really know how to play a villain and they liked it and they said we want to offer you the role of dracula so now i'm a wow. paid professional actor because i got paid for doing this very cool and it was a lot of discomfort um going to the audition uh going to the rehearsals showing up knowing i'm the only person there who hadn't done a play and then telling my friends about it so that they could come and watch me and showing up and performing a lot of discomfort a lot of change and then one thing led to another. And I think this is a good story because it illustrates how being uncomfortable can lead to so much good stuff. I've just booked two commercials, first two commercials in my life. I've just done four sh uh, short films, student productions, and they're send sending me the footage now. And I am moving to Los Angeles in May next year to fully pursue acting. And that all came out of a willingness to be uncomfortable. Now in the biz business context, because this your podcast is a business-focused podcast, this has massive application. Are you going to stay comfortable in your business? And if you're setting up a new business, it's not even an option. Right? Right. There's no comfort there. <laughs> yeah. There's not even an option. You're gonna you're gonna have to be uncomfortable. If you've been at it for some time, you may find that it's pretty cruisy. Right now I'm on cruise control in my business. I got some great clients, everything's set up. I do podcasts like this. I've got someone who chops up the content at the end and puts it out on social media. It's pretty cruisy and comfortable. So I'm choosing to create change in other areas. I also just went and hired a singing coach. And two weeks ago, I stood on stage and sang to 25 people. I've never done this without oh. a guitar or an instrument. No microphone, no reverb, just singing the sound of silence to 25 you know, students and their families. My knees were shaking. It's been a long time since my legs have been trembling. Now, in a business context, uh, I've got a client who just went on Shark Tank. You think that was comfortable? Right. Oh my, my God, no. Being in front of the sharks, not comfortable. But now he's got so many people reaching out to him, wanting to invest and wanting collaboration. Um, I've got another client during the pandemic decided to pivot. Hey, I think I want to set up a related business. She's an interior designer. She wanted to set up a business to help people source furniture and supplies because it's such a difficult thing to do. That was, that was edgy for her. That was scary. Um, I've got clients who decide they want to go on podcasts and that's terrifying. Public speaking is people's number one fear. So what I would suggest to listeners, here's a really great exercise to make this practical for you. You want to find where your edges are. You don't have to write all those edges. You don't have to do everything that you're going to write down, but you want to build awareness. What would be edgy for you in your business? What would take courage? So at the top of a piece of paper, write down, 
what would I do if I was fearless? And this is your business page or your work page if you have a job. Then you can have another page for what would I do in my relationships if I was fearless? What would I say? What would I ask for? What would I say no to? Could be with your partner, with your kids, with you, with your coworkers. It's all about relationships. Then you could have a third page just for me. In my life, what would I do if I was fearless? For me, it's singing and, and acting right now. Uh, it could be, I'm single, so it could be asking 10 women out on a date. That'd be a good edge. You get the idea? You want to start to work it out. Let's go back to the business page since this is a business podcast. Okay. Some of the things you might look at are what 10 celebrities might you ask for an endorsement or reach out to? I recently, not recent, for 10 years I've wanted to connect to Alan Alda from MASH. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, it was just there and I wasn't doing anything about it. And this is where coaching can be so useful because the coach is going to go, well, what are you doing? But finally I decided to reach out to him and I've, I've never done this on a podcast, but I want to see if I can play for you right now. My greeting. Hi, this is Alan Alder. David Wood has no interest in talking on the phone right now. Probably busy listening to my podcast, but leave a message and it's entirely possible you'll get a call back. All right, did that come through? Yeah, yeah, nice. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So Alan Alder from MASH, huge celebrity, and it's just one of the things that it was an edge for me to reach out, and I want to get him on my podcast. I really just want to hang out with him, and I'm still working on that. I haven't had a no. I've heard maybe keep asking and whatever. In fact, I asked him directly, and that took a bit to get yeah. to him. And to be able to ask him, hey, what would it take to get you on my on this podcast? And he said, well, reach out to my producer. We'll see what we can do. But on your page, you know, maybe what 10 celebrities would you like to ask for an endorsement or to collaborate with? Or maybe they write forward to your book. What audiences would you speak to? Yeah, yeah. What alliances? What's your dream list of alliances? My, I just asked my client to send me her dream 100 list. And she had it already. I was very impressed. Oh, wow. <laughs> and these are all of the people that could do amazing things for her business and that she'd like to collaborate with. Um, what 10 prospects would you like to be clients? And would you consider calling them and saying, hey, I realize I want to work with you. Have you got, you got a few minutes to discuss it? I want to tell you why. So, yeah. you know, hopefully that gets the ball rolling. Now you do not have to do everything on this list. It's very important because if you think you have to do everything on the list, your subconscious is going to block a lot of stuff, right? right. It's not even going to show you where your edges are. Again, this is where a coach can help to, to, to prompt and keep looking and, and elicit those things that are hiding because we are creatures of comfort and we like to stick to our habits. I got the same coffee cup I use every morning, the same brand of tea goes in it. I brush my teeth the same way every day. I take my dog on the same path for a walk. We are creatures of comfort. There's nothing wrong with that if you love every aspect of your life. If you want more, you need to do things differently and spoiler alert, 
some of that's going to feel uncomfortable. And yeah. so my question, here's the biggest question I, I think I could ask on this interview. Are you willing to discover those things that might be uncomfortable and do it anyway? Do it right. because at the end of the day, there are two rewards I've identified. The, the minor reward, the smallest reward is you might get what you wanted. You might get that extra business, those clients, those endorsements. When Jack Canfield said yes, he was going to write the forward to my book from Chicken Soup, the high I felt was incredible. Uh, so those are the minor bonuses. But the major win, you get to feel good about yourself. You get to feel that, hey, I went for that. I did that. I asked for that. Yes, I got 50 no's, but look at me go. Right, That's right. a big win in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and, and totally agree with, with that. And man, your, you know, the, your story about um, starting to act and all that. I mean, that's, that's definitely, that's inspirational. I mean, I remember, you know, if you would have asked me, you know, 12 years ago, if I would ever be a public speaker, I would have thought you were crazy and <laughs> looked at you like you have three heads or something. But sure enough, I did it. I did it over and over again. And, and now I actually, I, I love doing it. And I think that's the other thing, you know, in, in hearing you talk here, not only, I mean, you can, you can live a life of comfort and, and you can love those comforts, but you might actually find something else that you love that you didn't know that you could love. Right. And I think that's, that's a huge thing that I've found is in just kind of, I always just kind of think of it as if I'm completely comfortable, then there's something wrong. And, you know, I'm, I'm not doing as much as I sh could be doing or, or should be doing to find new things that uh, some of them I may hate doing. And I, there's been plenty of those too, but um, I've found plenty of things that I actually love doing and find really rewarding um, just by doing, you know, doing what you're saying, getting, getting a little outside your comfort zone. Yes. And I want to tell on myself here, Greg, because I just realized this is one of the reasons I'm a coach, because as I share and coach and train and teach, I get to hold myself accountable and I get to see where I'm not walking my, my own talk. And I just realized something from my own life where I was shying away from discomfort. Some friends of mine invited me to a medicine journey. And, you know, here in Boulder, a medicine journey is code for taking something that's probably not legal. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask for clarification, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but also something that we do view as a medicine, something that yeah, can be yeah. helpful. it's not like we're going to get together and do vodka shots. Right. Right. right? We're going to take something that's going to open the, the mind, the heart and whatever. And I've been scared to do it partly because I'm single and a lot of those people are going to be coupled up. And I've been, I've been nervous about feeling triggered, particularly while on some kind of substance under the influence of something. And I just realized I just, I'm just taking my own coaching, listening to myself on this podcast. I want to grow and develop. I want to find my edges. And so this is a perfect example. Yes, I can, I can make it easier. I can set up support. So I've invited a friend to come with me and let them know, hey, I might want to uh, rely on you for some support if, if this comes up. So I can set it up. But I'm, now I'm actually more looking forward to it because I'm thinking I'll get to grow. 
Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be a wonderful, pleasant experience. But even if it's not, that'll be fine. Discomfort is something that's become such a taboo thing. We, we want our coffee to be just the right temperature. When we get on a plane, our chairs got to recline further or we're going to have a fit. And if the Wi-Fi is not fast enough, oh, my God, I'm flying through the sky and this is bouncing off space, but my Wi-Fi is slow. Like we are creatures of comfort and our bubble's gotten smaller. So 200 years ago, just imagine what we'd be used to and what we'd have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Right just in terms of survival and getting out and chopping wood and the hard winter and not enough food on the table and the sickness and the wound that doesn't heal and people dying left, right and center. Things have gotten a lot easier. And as it's gotten easier, we're demanding more comfort. Yeah, That's fine if you're getting the comfort and you're loving every aspect of your life. But if you're hearing something on this interview and you're saying, wait a minute, yes, I want to keep growing, I want to keep developing, and I want to push my edges, then write down, do that exercise on paper. And then I would suggest going further and circling two or three things. Now, again, I've mentioned coaching. I want to say up front, I'm biased towards coaching. It's changed my life. There are times in my life I've had five coaches for five different things. I got a branding coach. I got a singing coach, I got an acting coach, I got a dating coach, I got an energy coach to help me work with energy. Um, if there's something you want to move towards faster in your life, I highly recommend coaching. But if you decide you're going to lone ranger it, you want to go solo, do that exercise, circle two or three things every week. Yeah. Two or three things yeah. every week. If you're like me, you might pick the hardest thing and do that because I just want it out of the way and everything else is easier after that. You know, it might be it might be calling calling a bully from school 20 years ago and saying, and I did this, by the way, this is one of the hardest things I ever did, and saying, I've been resenting you and hating you all of this time and I'm letting that go and I just wanted you to know, Right. That would be like high on my list as a scary thing to do. You don't have to do that. Pick two or three easy things. It might be making a confession as a mild confession to your kid. Hey, this is something I'm a little embarrassed about and I don't normally speak about it, but I just wanted to let you know, because I want, I want to be a good example for you that you don't have to hide things. That might be a mild thing on your list. Do two or three things each week and what, you know, a year from now, if you keep doing that, either with a coach or without a coach, I keep saying coach because most people, if you don't have a coach, you're not going to do it. That's right. human nature. No matter how smart you are, no matter how driven you are, it takes a huge amount of willpower and discipline to create change. So that's why I keep yeah. dropping that in. But if you do that, even on your own for a year, you're going to look back and some of the things that were scary are going to be so much easier. You're going to be a different person. I've got a client that said, oh, podcasting? Oh, I'd be so scared to get there and and talk and answer questions. And I'm like, really? It's hard for me to remember a time when that was scary because I've done 300 of these interviews now. So you go and do it and the things that were scary become comfortable. Now you get to pick new things. Now you're like, all right, now that I know how to do that, maybe this would maybe I go and do some improv classes. 
right? For a lot of people, that's really scary. I tell you what, when you walk out on stage, I might freak people out now. You walk out in front of a paying audience of 300 people and all you've got is the title of a mime sequence you're supposed to do. <laughs> you know, like they pull something out of a hat and they go, all right, you are going to do a mime in one minute. And your title is the thing in the attic. <laughs> the time starts in three, two, one, go. And your, and your teammates push you out on stage because they didn't have anything. <laughs> and you've got nothing. That's yeah. an experience, right? Wow. And, and yeah. compared to that, all the other stuff we're talking about really isn't that hard. Yeah, no. So I guess one one last thing I kind of I want to touch on a little bit here is, and you know, really really love your thoughts on on all this stuff. Um, how does this work? You know, a lot of people listening to this show are they might be leaders in an organization, they might be part of a team in some other capacity. You know, how does all of this work in a, in a team dynamic? So, you know, you've got somebody that's stretching, finding their edges and, and doing all of those things. So, you know, there's some experimentation going on, not, not even necessarily knowing if they like it, if they're, if they want to be great at it, all of those things. And yet they've also got to be a functional part of a team that is doing, you know, there, there's, there's a, uh, an element of needing to maintain status quo there while, you know, while you're kind of um, building, building your own, whether it's your own brand or your own, just, um, new pushing, pushing yourself outside of comfort zones. Like what's, what's your advice to someone that has to manage that, you know, both of those, those things. What do you mean by they've got to, I understood like someone maybe wanting to experiment, like maybe they want to experiment with a new product or a new pivot or a new project but I think you're saying they also need to maintain the status quo. Can you say more about that? Yeah, sure. So, you know, when, when you're working as a team, um, you know, you've got to make sure that you're, you're still a good member of, of a team and, and doing the things oh. that you need to do while still, you know, the, I think the, the, the part of yourself is wanting to push yourself into new areas and, and other, other things like that. So, you know, I guess it's, it's, okay, it's, I got it's it. a question about balance. Yeah, I got it. I've never been asked that question. And it's a really good one, particularly for me, because I'm a disruptor. I'm, I'm a, why can't you do that? Of course I, I can do that. Or, right. Hey, um, like I just, uh, I might have an idea for a, for a chat bot and I might start Googling it and I create a draft of it in two hours. Boom. Yeah. There's a chatbot. That's my thing. Now, when I worked for a big corporation, I worked for one of the biggest HR consulting firms in the world. That was a problem. Yeah, that was a problem. I had ideas. I wanted to push things and whatever. I went and interviewed for Avon, and they uh, their feedback was, "You haven't even been invited to the party yet, and you're already rearranging the chairs." <laughs> yeah. And then when I quit my job. My boss said, I hope in 10 years we'll be ready for someone like you. And then I started my own company and I started causing problems because I'd be, I'd be calling someone and saying, hey, I got this great idea. Can you do a draft and get it to me by tomorrow? 
fortunately I had someone who could rein me back in and say, you can't, you can't keep doing that. You have to run traffic control through me because she's already got a list of tasks and priorities and deadlines. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. So I would bring my ideas to her and we'd work out when I could get something on that. Or maybe I needed to hire someone on the side that could just work on little side projects with me. So, um, I think my answer is I, my bias is towards disruption. You might want to talk to your team about it and say, Hey, I want to practice deliberate discomfort. Are you interested in this as well? You know, I might push you a little bit. I might, you know, might have some tight deadlines sometimes and push back on me. If you've already got projects and whatever, and I say, Hey, I want to do this. I want your help on this. And it's going to disrupt something else push back and say, which one comes first. Yeah. And as a team, we can work out how much newness we can fit. The reason this doesn't normally come up for me generally is I think a lot of people are just playing safe and they're playing stagnant. And I think push, I just listened to the director of uh, Colorado prisons. He came and sat in on one of the trainings we did for prison inmates. Yeah. And he said, look, when you start doing this stuff, and, and follow, he talked to the inmates. When you start following the training you're getting here today, you're going to cause trouble. Yeah. You're going to cause trouble, but it's the good kind of trouble. It's a kind of trouble we need to disrupt things and change the system from the inside. So I, my short answer is cause trouble, <laughs> cause disruption. If your team's like, wait a minute, we can't handle all this, then you'll deal with it. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, what you're saying, like having a, uh you know, contract of sorts with them to say, Hey, listen, I'm going to do this, but you know, you feel, you know, you can push back and you can, uh, you know, I, I think that's a, that's a win-win scenario in there in that, you know, they have permission to, um, you know, to push back if it doesn't make sense. And yet your, you know, your job, you know, I mean, as a leader, you know, it, it is, it is your job to push people a bit and, um, you know, not everybody, can or needs to be pushed in the same way but you know it's it's um you know any any company needs to grow and and needs to get better and more efficient and uh, more effective and, and all that yeah. stuff so i mean it's more, it's kind of your job to do that in a way yeah the more we talk about it the more i'm thinking screw the status quo <laughs> screw the status quo you know you come to your team with look i want us to be edgier i want us to be going for it more each of you come back to me for tomorrow's meeting uh, and I'm going to give you each five minutes to talk about how we could push the envelope. What could we be really doing? If we're going to double business in the next 12 months, what, what do we need to be doing? Each of you are going to get five minutes to talk about it. And then I'll speak for five minutes and as a team, we'll work it out. Okay. We need to be doing more outreach. We need to have someone on alliances nonstop, you know, or at least every Monday is as alliance day for someone yeah. working out building alliances uh someone needs we we need to be pushing social media more we need to double our social media average maybe that's what we come up with um but right. yeah. and then as a team you'll work out how we're going to do that what's going to come first what will come second do we have enough resources no do we need to hire someone or we're going to drop that project that project's going nowhere you can do that so screw the status quo is my 
finally. Nice. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, David, thanks. Uh, thanks so much for joining. Really, really enjoyed talking through this stuff with you. Um, for those listening, what's the what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, thank you. You can either just be in my universe and get a couple of uh, videos from me a week if you want that or listen to my podcast, which is called Extraordinary Focus. Um, or even better, if you are actually serious about creating change and it's moving towards your goals at a much faster pace and something resonated for you on this call and you're interested in coaching, request a session with me. Uh, I will ask you probing questions before we even get on the Zoom call. And those questions are invaluable. And then on the call, we'll spend 15 minutes to see if coaching even makes sense for you. It may not. It may be like one call is all you need. Or it may be that we can really do a lot together. But go to focus.ceo. That's actually a domain name. It's not .com. It's focus.ceo because we're all the CEOs of our own life. And scroll to the bottom and request a session. Um, I've also got a gift basket of goodies. If, you, if, if you're the kind of person who likes to get like short, powerful downloads uh, that can make a difference to your productivity and your life, um, myfocusgift.com will take you to a hidden page on my website where there's a gift basket of goodies. And, and you can request to double your revenue audit through that link as well. It's the same thing. Um, so, so those are two links. One is focus.ceo. Scroll to the bottom, request a session, and then myfocusgift.com takes you to a hidden page on my site with a gift basket of goodies. Wonderful. Well, um, again, I'd like to thank David Wood, high-performance coach and founder of Focus.CEO and professional actor um, for joining the show. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Good to meet you. Yeah, great to, great to meet you. Thanks for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkilstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile.